What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Praise Podcast. My name is Eric Lyde. I have the pleasure of getting to host this podcast each and every week. Uh, well, I guess I should say each and every other week because we release this podcast Did on Did you not just say that, though? Monday. Well, I said each and every week. Oh. And it's actually technically each and every other week. That's true. Week. Whew, what a start. <laughs> We're glad that you're listening, everybody. It's going to be a great episode. It's going to be a great day here at the Praise Podcast. You heard that other voice, and you may be thinking, where did that voice come from? Who is that voice? Well, if you are a regular with the Praise Podcast, you know that that is the one, the only, the Brooke Paninski, the co-host above any other co-host. She's here. She's ready to roll. It's going to be a good day. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. We are grateful that you have just taking the time to turn on our podcast to, to listen, whether you are driving right now, whether you are walking, uh, whether you are exercising, props to you if that's what you're doing right now. But whatever it is that you're doing, you have made the decision, you've made the choice to uh, turn on this podcast. We're grateful for it. We want to thank you for it. Uh, we would even be more grateful if you left a rating and review, if you shared this podcast with somebody and if you would join in the conversation, we want you to join in the conversation. This is what this podcast is all about. It's about uh, us just basically broadcasting conversations that we would normally have that we think are beneficial for other people to take part in. And that means we want you. So you can email at eric at centralnow.com or brooke at centralnow.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to know what in these podcasts is um, maybe sparking new thoughts in you, maybe questions you have. We want to hear from you. So please join in the conversation, eric at centralnow.com and brooke at centralnow.com. It's going to be a good day, Brooke. You're getting ready to head to, when this podcast airs, you will be in, in California. I'll be in the air. Yeah. yeah. On my way to California. This is like multiple years in a row you've gone to California without, without me, you. Without you. I know. You're say Not that. to mention. It's your birthday week. That you're <laughs> going to California uh, on my birthday If week. only everyone knew how many times I've had to hear about it. Happy birthday to Eric. Except I have great birthday plans for you. I'm sure. I it's true. I hope you remember that comment <laughs> the moment you receive your birthday gift. All right. All right. Well, yeah. So uh, tell us just very quickly, what do you do? Because it's exciting what you get to do in, mm. in uh, California. So what are you going to California to do? So I have um, the honor just to go and to learn and serve and kind of work behind the scenes um, at a summit event through the ministry Ecclesia. That's a branch off of Propel, which I'm using a lot of words, but um, if I'm sure, I mean, I know I've talked about it on here before, but Chris Kane has um, one of her ministries is Propel, and it's just basically focused on like women in ministry, women in the workplace, and um, just an avenue to pour into them. And um, Maria and I were their first round of when she launched. Um, what's called Ecclesia, and it's just like the cohort program off of the Propel ministry and or a part of that ministry. Um, so we were the first round um, kind of as they're launching a new thing. So it was really cool to kind of have that perspective, even as a leader, being a part of it as a participant, you know, just seeing them like build the plane while it's in the air and, and just doing such a good job, you know, it's it's a it's a beast of a project and and it was just really cool to kind of have both perspectives but um Maria is actually um like basically like the head summit coordinator and so she is 
um, planning the whole like in-person gathering that takes place for all these people who are part of the Ecclesia program. And this is like maybe their sixth group or something that they've done. I can't remember. But um, so, yeah, we're going to um, California to basically just, I mean, make this event come to life and in the back end of things, just kind of organizing it, all the details, setting up and, um, I mean, yeah, just all that goes into preparing for like basically this major conference. Um, that's a part of what they're doing. So yeah, that's what I, I get to go out there and just help be Maria's, um, wing woman and support her and, um, just kind of make sure the event goes on, um, as seamlessly as possible for all these incredible people. And yeah, so I'm excited. Do you just get to, to do a campfire on the beach again? I'm not sure, honestly. I don't know Didn't what you their do plans that last are. Time? Yeah, that's what we, we, that was one of like our first nights there. I think that's the only thing I was jealous of that you did. It was when incredible. I heard that, I'm a big fire guy now. Yeah, you are. I'm You're a, a country big, boy I'm now. I'm a country boy, so I'm a big, <laughs> I was actually looking at the weather today because I was like, you know, it's borderline fire weather. Yeah. Sit it, outside around You're so right. Yeah. And read a book. Yeah. I actually just put my fire pit up the other day because I thought oh, I need to keep, you know, keep it out of the weather. Yeah. I have, well, because I'm a big fire guy now, I have mm-hmm. multiple fire pit areas. You're and, so funny. Uh, so my, my little smaller portable one, I was like, I need to probably put this up for the year. <laughs> but now I'm thinking I, I might get back out. It might be time. Yeah. yeah. It might be time. So that's awesome. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. Um, I mean, it'll be incredible to, to learn and just be a, be a part of it. But, like, I really just um, – I know, like, my assignment on, like, a spiritual level there is really just to, like – my main focus is, like, how can I make all this happen um, for all these people? Like, you know, because in leadership you just know in a different way. Like, the details that go on that require your attention, but your attention needs to be on something completely different for the event itself. And I know that I want my job to just kind of, I'm asking the Lord to give me eyes to see like just the things that need done to take the stress off of these leaders, um, who really need to just worry about other things. And so I know that that's like my primary focus. And then my primary, primary focus is just to like support Maria however I can. And, and as she kind of does this, this will be her second go around now, but there's still a lot of new things that they implemented. And, um, yeah, so it just, I know that I'm again, just to kind of relieve her of, you know, just some burden there and, and some work there and just to be a helper. And so that's what I'm doing. So it's going to be Probably awesome. get another photo with Christine. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. I'm not know. in the club, so I still <laughs> refer to her as Christine because I've not made it into oh, the Chris stop. Club yet. She doesn't, yeah. No, she she's a great leader. I mean, it's, I'm excited to go to the night of ministry that they have. Yeah. Um, we actually get to attend that. Um, and that'll just be really cool. I mean, and, and like I said, it, a long time ago when we went, we we were in a room with like 60 other people. So it's like a small, intimate gathering, but it doesn't negate all the details that go into it. And it's happening in two venues. Um, so, you, I mean, there's a lot of back and forth happening, but which, you know, it, it's it's going to be fantastic. But the night of ministry is happening in a, in a, at a different venue than all the other conference-like stuff is happening, but we get to attend that. So we're kind of working it, but then we also get to attend when it starts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that'll be awesome, but yeah. um, it'll just be really cool to see how the mo- the Lord moves. And we had a Zoom meeting um, maybe last week or the week before, just um, kind of meeting all the volunteers that are on board and that are going to fly out and whatever. And 
um, the main leader, her name's Bethany. She's just the best. And she um, was just asking, like, what's one thing that the Lord's brought to your mind to, like, pray for these women in particular for this time? And um, immediately when she asked, I just felt like the Lord put my spirit, like, that I would come in power. Like that, and, and so it was funny because all these other people on the call were like, just pray that they come and they can feel rested or that they can come and they can feel, you know, all these really great things. And then I'm like the one being I just pray that the Lord comes in power. (laughs) So like in pure Brooke fashion, kind of, you know, like going against the popular answer. But I just, I am, I'm praying that these women can encounter him in power. And um, lately I've just been the asking him to do a swift work in people, um, just to do it quickly. Um, and he can do a slow boiling and as he should, you know, and as is appropriate. But when you can, Lord, would you come and do a swift work? Will you move in power in a quick and an immediate way and fashion? So people have no way of misunderstanding who it was that they encountered, you know, or what they experienced. And so, um, when you have a dynamite like Chris Kane, it's just like, the, the Lord has all permission in the world through that vessel to just come in power if he wants, you know. And so I'm excited just to see how, you know, he guides her and her teaching and in that room with the people that he brings. And um, I'm just asking to see it. I'm like, I just want to see you move in power. Um, but anyway, so it's going to be really good. I'm excited about it. So You know what I'm excited about? Tell me. Song Spotlight. Song Brooke. Spotlight is the best. Yeah. I've got a really good one this week. I also have a really good one. What's yours? I think you should go first. Oh. Because <laughs> you're my boss, I would love to uh, go first because uh, you say so. I just think that I'll, I'm, I'll gl- I'm gladly feeling go maybe first. slightly, you were very confident. I thought I was confident in mine and then you came in with maybe a little bit more confidence <laughs> and I, now I'm you just do your You're thing. You're funny. Okay, let me just tell you. So my song spotlight today is Peace Be Still. Mm, old school. Nope. Oh, the re-release? The re-release. Mm. So if you follow Blanco, we love them. We feel like they're our family and they don't know us, but it's okay. <laughs> but like they, we love them and respect them so much. And they do such a good job paving the way and being an example for other um, large churches. And so... Um, they re-released, so they're celebrating their 10 years of ministry. It's like their 10th birthday. And, um, so they re-released this, uh, or redid, I guess, um, and like new takes on some of the, their favorite songs that they've done over the last 10 years. And, um, one of the songs on this album that came out today as we're recording this Friday, um, so it is all out, go listen to it. But one of the songs that they redid was Peace Be Still. And, I just thought, and I did not have apprehension. I was more curious than anything because when you go and you redo songs that people love and that have been around for a minute, it's like, I feel like they're, it's kind of like writing the like second book or it's like, it's like restarting a series that, you know, ended years ago and people loved and you brought it back, you know, like it's just, there's something there that like, once it's done, let it just be done and be its thing, you know? But then, um, there's just always that, like, how are they, how could they make it better? How could they do it differently, you know? And, I mean, I'm telling you, like, this, they they recreated Peace Be Still, and by golly, it is just a beast in its own. I can't even say I like it better than the OG. I think 
um, Hope's version is stellar. I just also really like the 2.0 version. I just love them both. I've not actually listened to it yet. It's a, you you should. And I listened to Zeal. They re-released Zeal. They did that. That one. was kind of like a club version or something though. So it, um, it did have a very like techie or techno like vibey kind of ambiance to it. But yeah. um yeah, peace be still. It's like. It is just good. It's like um, when you feel peace, like peace be still the OG is like when you're declaring peace. And then like peace be still 2.0 is like when you feel the peace. Mm. And when you go back and listen to, or when you listen to it. Are the words different? There, no, but yes, there are more words to kind of like a bridgey part. Um, And I feel like I might have seen a video or something where they mention like hope when she does it live, she like adds this part to it. And so they kind of were like, so just like to even honor her too of like, cause obviously like she, you know, did the OG mm-hmm. version, but they like added that to the 2.0 version. So oh, okay. it is just really good, but yeah. peace be still. And I think Mia and maybe her name's Lauren. Um, she's the, she's like the really cute one at the conference. And I was like, I love her sleeves. Yeah. They have smiley faces on them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Lauren Strom. Yeah, it's Lauren, right? Yeah. Okay. So anyways, Mia and Lauren, um, redid that and awesome. it's just really good. Yeah, I'm a big Lauren Strom fan. Yeah, she's great. And I, yeah. and Mia is really cool. And her testimony is also just stellar just with, um, Lauren Strom, her I've baby and realized that like she has a, uh, I don't, not an alter ego, but like she, she does, she has like a, a whatever a, a yes. different name flurry yes she yeah goes by flurry she's got like this like artisty version of herself that she yeah. has like out on like ig and stuff and yeah. whatever and then she's got like her <laughs> which i mean like yeah. it's kind of hannah montana like so yeah. yeah. kind of genius i don't know we'll see yeah. but um maybe i should do that she's just wildly creative yeah um which i'd can appreciate so anyways but that's what i would say go listen to it right now peace be still the 2.0 version on belonging co's new re-released album of their top if it ain't broke don't fix it so they just released it way to go yeah they just you know did so good so what's yours mine is uh it's kind of older as well but not as old as 10 years but Mm -hmm. um it is from like 2021 but it is a song that I knew and I've listened to before, but it's like one of those songs that it for whatever reason, it's just taken a long time for me to latch onto it. Mm. But boy, have I latched onto it. What is it? And it is Give Me Jesus. Oh. By yes. Upper Room. Yes. Uh Abby Gamboa. Yes. So one, my twenty twenty four goal, if you remember, was to do some songs that maybe people wouldn't know, or at least by people wouldn't know. Upper room's not like some secret group or something, but they're probably, they're definitely more vague than, um, than a lot, but Abby Gamboa, Upper Room, Give Me Jesus, it's just like, it's everything that you would want in a song. Yeah. She the does chorus a stellar is great. Job. The bridge is great. Great build. It's just, it's, Great back down, come back yeah, down moment. It's just, it's a. That's so good. And it is just a very mashable, it's like a, it's a song mm-hmm. that you can take and just kind of throw it with really anything. Mm-hmm. You can go in and out of it all you want, works, back to I'm it, come big, back around. I'm a big fan of. <laughs> yeah, you're like, great bookend song. Like we used it last <laughs> night at First Thursday. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. probably my favorite part. Yeah, it's good. I just kept, when we would sing it last night, in my head, I just kept thinking that we were going to 
either we could go into or we I just all that came into my brain was this the older song that's like in the morning when I rise in the morning when I rise in the morning when I rise just give me Jesus mm. you know that song mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought I we think were, that's the hymn Give me Jesus. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know him, so is it a him? Okay, I, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. It's got the him vibes. It's old, so I <laughs> call it a him. I've probably offended somebody somewhere. Yeah, like, that is. I think that's a him. I have no idea. Let's look, look it up. On, let's look it up. But either way, I just think of my friend John Chavez. He's from Peru, and he sing. We were doing ministry one summer at camp, and he was singing that song, and um, I never thought like. Wow, I love that song until he sang it and just his, he had his accent and he just was like in the moment with the Lord. And it was just such a genuine heart cry from him that I'm like, I'll never hear that song the same way. And then we're singing, give me Jesus last night. And then I just, I literally, all I could see was, uh, my friend, John Chavez, um, at the, you know, sitting on a stool with his little guitar and he just was singing, um, give me Jesus. And, I just thought, like, and I, I can't remember all the verses, but I feel like one was, like, when I'm afraid and or when I'm alone. But, like, the last one, it says, I, I believe it's, like, when I die, right? Um, or something yeah. like that. Yep. It's, like, very much, like, when my time here is done. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I when come, I come to, to die. die. Oh, yep. when I come to die. Oh, oh when I come, come to, to die. die. Yeah, exactly. Just give me Jesus. Yeah. But I'm like, what a, what, a, what a song over your whole life. Yeah. It just, like, four verses, you know? Yeah. Ah, it's so good. That's a good song, Spotlight. John Chavez sounds like the name of like, I don't know, like a, a Disney movie. Like <laughs> He could totally camp be. Disney movie that like <laughs> all the girls fall in love with John Chavez. He could totally be the Disney star of... Of a movie like that. Yeah, it's he like is, there's the regular kid and then there's John Chavez. He's amazing. Well, remember the connection between, um, uh, well, it's like, remember the day we were praying for what at the time we knew was just um, a girl who had just moved from Columbia and yeah. she had, a, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. we were praying for her. And then I get this like message from, okay, my, this is the same John who's like, hey, I have a friend from Columbia who I told about Central because I knew you and Hayden go to church. Da, 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 da. And then lo and behold, now she's connected here and we're friends and she's friends with, you know, great friends yeah. with Fran and Bria. And now she's servicing creative arts and she's playing her guitar with our middle schoolers. And I'm like, look at God just make all these heavenly kingdom connections like as he would. So. That's just a fun fact. So, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, uh, just because it's how we roll, and for the fun of it, so Brooke has our Brooke has our topic for the day, and I have zero idea what mm-hmm. it is. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm about to be surprised along with you all as to what we are talking about. So, Brooke, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? Okay. So. Should I tell you how I came upon the topic first, or should I just tell you the topic and then how? Sure. Everybody likes a good backstory. Okay, so I'm on the phone with my brother. And if anybody knows my brother, um, he he is big into, like, like, influence social media kind of situation. That's literally, like, what he does for, like, his he's famous. Job. You can say it. <laughs> he's, he's famous. He's, he's more famous than I am. But it's like, it's like, but like, if you're not a part of the, inf- 
like the country <laughs> side of the yeah. stratosphere of social media, then you have no idea who he is. But like <laughs> either way, he um, he does like the social media stuff. He travels a lot for work. Um, he is kind of venturing into um, country music a little bit. And um, he was on this trip. And um, on his way home, he called, and he was, like, filling me in about how it went and just kind of this whole situation. And then he basically was like, I just have this, like, cool story. I was like, okay, let's hear it. Anyways, he's he's at this rehearsal for the show he's doing um, with I don't even know who, and I can't remember. But um, there's this pastor there at this rehearsal. And I guess as it would go, um, he – which you would be really proud of me, side note. As he's telling the story, he was like, well, rehearsal basically, like, we basically didn't get to rehearsal because, like, they didn't have, like, hardly any of their chords that they needed to, like, use for stuff. And so then it just, and I'm like, you mean, like, their cables? And then I was like, see, Eric would be so proud that I knew that. I'm learning so much. But anyway, so they didn't have rehearsal. And so they were like, well, what are we going to do? Because we're all here. A lot of people have traveled to be at this one spot to kind of go through things, to prep for their gig, whatever. And um, they just started, like, singing, like, church songs. They just started worshiping. And um, this pastor that was there, like, told them, you know, isn't that – and I'll butcher it, I mean, obviously, but he's basically making the point to say, isn't it so funny, like, how when we think, like, there's nothing else to do and and there's – it's what a wash, what a waste of a day, whatever. He's like, but there's always something to do because we can always worship. And my brother just thought that was really cool and really wise. And he was really encouraged by that. And he's like, yeah, it's so true. So why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this because in that moment, then he was talking to this pastor and this pastor was asking Blake, like, you know, do you like sing at church or, you know, do you, or how new are you at this? And my brother's like very new, very much just getting my toes in the water, very much still trying to like learn my voice and all this stuff. And he's like, my sister leads worship at church. And he's like, and when I'm home, I go and do all that. And he's like, my sisters all have really nice voices, but like none of us really were ever into music much and all that other than just like for fun. <clears throat> And, um, but he was just like asking, like, basically kind of like, well, well, why, like, why don't you sing at church kind of an ordeal or like, why wouldn't, like, why don't you lead worship and all this? And my brother, and if you know my brother, you can totally understand where this is coming from. And it was wise, but I'm glad the Lord was kind of using this pastor to like challenge his thoughts because my brother basically was like, here he is trying to learn his voice and dive into this world of country music and writing songs and performing in front of people and, you know, all this stuff. And, and yet when he's asked of like, well, why don't you, why aren't you interested in like, you know, leading worship? And he's basically then says like that he's like, well, I don't, I just feel like people who are in that position have a higher standard um, basically to live by and he's like, and I'm just not there. And I was like, let me take this in. Because then I was like, okay, God, how can I minister to my brother right now and encourage him in this, but also keep him accountable? You know, how, how do I how do I have this conversation? Because you are right. And it's wise for you to see that people who have the position of leading worship, it is this like 
in his, I could totally see, I mean, you do have these expectations of like the legitimacy of your faith and your actions to be on a place to lead others by example. And it's, 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 and, and, ah, and I'm like, but isn't that what we all should feel like? So I'm like, Blake, you feel fine with, you know, going out in the country world and vibe and using these gifts that the Lord gave you to entertain the masses and to write songs because you are creative, but about things that might not really fully always honor the Lord. And so it's just like, but, you know, like, where's the line here, Lord, where we learn about you and we take this seriously of like, you gave me these gifts and because you did, I'm to offer them back to you. And what does that look like? And then it's just like for him to then also have the almost conviction in his spirit. You know, I don't know that he would ever say that that's what that was, but I think that's what that was. To be like, no, it's just to to lead worship at church. It's just the expectations just higher, you know. And I think, but shouldn't that be the expectation that you feel all the time, not as a worship leader, but as a Christian? And so I just kept thinking about this. And then we started talking about, and I'm talking to Noah, so pause that, that's Blake. So then later on this week, I'm talking to Noah, and and we're talking about how basically ministry in ministry, and then ministry in secular. And Noah says, I don't think that all people are made to, you know, work in the ministry setting for ministry. And he's like, I think a lot of people are all, you know, or, and I don't think that all people are made to work in the secular, you know, kind of area with their jobs and and everyday lives and whatever. And then I just stop and I think, but how are they really that different? You know, like what, what, that's not in the Bible, is it? That like the two are divided. It's not in the, and maybe it is in a way, and maybe that's how our culture has shaped our thinking about it. But what I'm trying to say is these real life conversations <clears throat> has ha- have happened in this last week. And it's just had me thinking about like Romans 12 when it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. So whether I'm going to work in the secular world or whether I'm going to work in the ministry world, like isn't that an offering all the same? Whether I am using my gifts in one place or the other, shouldn't my life reflect the same thing no matter which audience I'm in front of? You know what I'm saying? Like, and there shouldn't there be a conviction, no matter what house I'm operating in, of what my life looks like and who I follow and how I follow him. And I'm just curious if anyone else thinks these things or ha- have you thought about these things or what is the right answer? But there is a great temptation to place people who work in ministry on a pedestal or like that they are better Christians. Um, but I'm like, but then there, there and, then, and then the temptation is that if you don't, you kind of get like this pass or this like lesser than expectation to, to not have these standards or operate in a way that honors God because you don't work at a church or you don't lead worship. And it's just like, hold on now, it's all positional. There, it's just a role. 
But I'm like, if we're all kingdom minded here and we're all disciples and believers of Jesus, your position in the secular doesn't look different than my position in ministry. And honestly, we're after the same people because people who come in the house of God who are sick need to be ministered to just as much as the people who come into my workplace in the secular who are sick. And we have the answer because of Jesus. And we have the opportunity to, to, to speak and to encourage and to share the gospel in both places because the audience is the same. The positioning is different, but the audience is the same. So I've just been thinking about that the last few days, and I'm so curious what you have to say about that. And I really want to know if our listeners have thought about this or have any you know, insight on it, but I'm, I know I'm talking a lot. I just am curious because this is not something I obviously have the answer to, but I definitely think it's a conversation worth having. For sure. There's a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts and I'm trying to wrap my mind around which way to go first. So I think, so let's go, let's go here first because we, so, cause we talk about this often as far as, um, you know, with our volunteers, yes. you know, we're currently, we've been walking people through our praise know, curriculum, praise curriculum. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things. And, and this is a big, this is something that I really hammer home to them. And there is like, there is something to the, because the reality is should, I mean, when you step on a stage in a church, you are, and you're putting yourself in a position of leadership within a church whether paid or volunteer, you know, scripturally you are taking on a certain responsibility. Yes. Um, that comes with that a comes, great measure right, of accountability. That comes with accountability <laughs> and, it, and it comes with things that, you know, God will be, that we will be held accountable for at the, you know, the things that we taught. By the, the, the Lord. Yes, by the, by the, the Lord. The you know, I mean, that's something that uh, is weighs very heavy on my mind. Is yeah. the you know because I know because of the role that I have accepted and the role that I have been placed in, and I believe that God has placed me in that role. Mm. Because so I, I feel that there is a level of uh, calling and trust there uh, from Him to place me in that. But then there's still a level of responsibility and accountability that I have to carry mm-hmm. to carry that out mm-hmm. and that what comes with that is I I will be held accountable for the way that I teach scripture the way that I help other people interpret it the songs that I have them worship to I mean those are all things so there is that like yes. there is no doubt mm-hmm. um when you you know compared to um your you know, just a somebody who is attending to the person leading. I mean, there there is a responsibility difference there, I guess, as far as that goes. As yes. far as I think how the Lord will hold us accountable mm-hmm. at the end. Well, and the Bible yeah. says that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yes. So there is that. But now, on the flip side of that, the reality is when it comes to the lives that we live outside of this place, outside of being on a stage or sitting in a pew, we're all going to be held accountable 
mm-hmm. for the same things. Mm-hmm. It's just, and and we we have talked about this extensively because, you know, whether and and I, I literally tell our people when we're walking through our praise curriculum, one of the big things that I hammer home is that when you are a part of our creative arts ministry, like it or not, fair or not, you are held to a different standard because you have placed yourself in a highly visible position. You've placed yourself in a position of leadership. Mm. So to the person watching, looking, whatever, as soon as you step on stage, they assume a different level of accountability. They assume a, they assume that you're because you're on stage, I assume you're in some type of leadership position, so then that leads me to believe you are living a certain sort of way. Hmm. Now again, we can we could spend hours talking about hmm right or wrong on that, whether that should be like, should somebody who's volunteering to play guitar, their life in all reality should look no different Mm -hmm. than somebody watching our kids in Kid Depot or the person that's just attending with their family, right? We're all, we're all, we, we all should be held to the same standard. Because we're all following the same God. We're living under the same principles. We're, mm. he, we're being taught the same things. Sin is sin for a guitar player the same way that it is... For like John Henniger. For John Henniger. Yeah. Or the same way that it is for the 20-year-old young adult who's just sitting in a pew mm. on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Like sin is the same across the board. So... I mean, I think we get and we absolutely have convinced ourselves that if as long as we don't put ourselves in a position of leadership, then there are things that I can get away with. Yeah. Or that there are things that can be, I mean, that's just a, that, I mean, I, I know it because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I myself have lived it. Like there are things that I know of like, well, I wouldn't, if I was in that spot, I wouldn't do that. Well, that doesn't, what, what do you, what do you mean? If I was in that spot, I wouldn't do that. Just because I'm in that spot doesn't make doing that sin now. Like it's still sin. It's still not the plan God had for you. It's still Mm -hmm. not living out God's calling on your life. It's still not living out God's best for your life. It's just that you've chosen to do it not under a microscope, Mm. not under the lens of everybody watching. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sure, you and I, there is, I mean, for your brother to sit there and say, well, there should be a difference. Yeah, because we know, one, the responsibility that we've accepted, two, Mm -hmm. the accountability that we've accepted, Mm -hmm. but three, that there are literally tens of thousands of people on a weekend Mm -hmm. that have their eyeballs on us. Mm -hmm. So you better believe that when we're sitting at a restaurant we're walking through Kroger. We're picking our kids up from school. Mm-hmm. That it's not because we're some famous people or that we're so special, but people know who we are. They know what we do, and they know what we stand for. Mm-hmm. At least they know what we say we stand for. 
And so then it's, does everything else outside of standing on a stage match what we say we stand for? Mm. And that's what gets hard for the, you know, that's the hard part for the the Blakes of the world of, do I want to make, because that's going to, that changes things. Yeah. That changes decisions. Yeah. That changes, um, now again, stepping on the stage is not what should change it. It's, am I, who am I, it's who am I living for and what am I living for? Mm-hmm. Who do I stand for? What do I stand for? What mm-hmm. am I about? And I mean, that gets us all, mm-hmm. but that's a decision that, because then it's, it's, you know, it, I, I hate to say it becomes real, but as soon as you let other people in basically to start watching you, mm. then it becomes real because now it's not just, I think accountability between us and God, it shouldn't feel this way, but it feels safe because God's not sitting in front of us. God's not posting on Facebook. God's not emailing us, emailing us <laughs> about God's our not genes. Te- yeah, God's not <laughs> texting. So yeah. that should be the one that should be the one we're most concerned with or not concerned, but the we're most attentive to, but because we don't feel like, that account of like that accountability doesn't feel real because we can't fathom it. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, we don't until that day where we're in front of him, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel real. Yeah. The person sending us an email or the person texting you or blasting you on Facebook, whatever. And then we see them on Sunday morning. And then you see it, that feels very <laughs> that real. feels very real. And so, yeah. um, mm-hmm. we let that take priority in our yeah. mind. And so we're more concerned with that than we are with, it's kind of that holy fear thing yeah. in a way, you know, yeah. like what, how do you balance that? But, yeah. uh, if you hear fire alarms going off right now in the background, we're not in a fire. <laughs> They're just testing alarms. So we apologize for that. But anyways, um, that's, that's my initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. Which are really that great felt, that felt initial like thoughts. I just spewed a lot. No, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I think you covered a lot of ground and a lot of basis there because it's, I mean, I think that's, I think you're right when, especially when you're talking about the layer of like the, it's it's not right in front of your face when it's just you and God. Um, because it's like when you, we can really abuse grace when we can kind of just like, do what we want to do and just, you know, well, God loves me. And well, if this is too bad, well, he'll forgive me. Or we have no, we have no sense of holy fear attached with that grace. Um, and that's a cultural issue, I'm sure. But I, and I, again, and I don't ever want this to sound like judgmental. And this is just my real life and my brother and I, I love him and he loves me. And, um, I mean, obviously, we have these conversations all the time. You know, I feel like when he has questions, when he gets spiritually hungry, who does he call? He calls me, you know? And it's just like he he knows. But there's <clears throat> for sure like just a maturity that, you know, as we grow in our relationship with the Lord and our level of surrender um, to just his ways over our ways, Um 
I think that will also like really help too, just as he keeps growing up and learning and as the Lord reveals these things. But, but it's not like my brother to think that deeply about it on the spiritual sense. And I literally told him how proud I was. I was like, I'm so proud of you for letting the Lord kind of convict this thought in you. Um, because it's so appropriate for the rest of our life to let the Lord convict a thought in us, you know, and, and to keep us asking questions into how can I be better or how can I, like, what do we always say? If he reveals it, he wants to heal it, you know? And so if he's revealing this, you know, layer of reality to us of a situation we're in or a season we're in or whatever, like he wants to heal, do a work in us, you know? And so I just, you know, of course, always pray that my family and my friends and people I don't know, like, People are always hungry to mo- to know more about the Lord. I'm just so passionate about Him. I'm passionate about worship and teaching people about Him and having conversations about Him because He is so real. But He didn't always used to be that way to me. You know what I mean? Like He didn't always. I I wasn't always this passionate. He wasn't always this vi- like present in my life. Like, and so it's just like I say that with all the grace in the world and compassion in the world because it's like I've been the one who has had a fork in the road and who's had to have a make. I, I've had to make a decision, you know, to not be a stumbling block or to um, cut some things off or to um, be refined and molded and reshaped. And I will do that the rest of my life. And so, you know, this is just a conversation that. Um, I, you know, the Lord will use in my brother to just like refine him a little bit more, you know what I mean? And, and, and keep his mind on him a little bit more and to challenge him a little bit more because God loves my brother yeah. and my brother loves the Lord. And because of that, it's like, okay, so then let's do some shaping. So then you'll learn to honor me with your life too. And so anyways, I just thought that, that was just a really powerful conversation. Yeah. And I wonder how many other well, people and, think that too. And here's like, and you mentioned it, like, I couldn't be, like, I couldn't be less perfect. Right. Like, I have so many things to work on, to be, to be better at, to, um, you know, I mean, like, I let people down all the time. And, like, and, and I, there are so many things that right now, some somebody could come and say like hey this is not honoring of the lord or this is like you you did this and that's not that's not what the bible says mm-hmm. or you said this this way and mm-hmm. that didn't seem very jesus like like there are mm-hmm. so many things but and and there are so many things of each like each and every one of our volunteers like everybody on that stage is not perfect like we've all got stuff. We've all walked stuff. Yes. Who I was ten years ago is yeah. not who I am today. Who right. I was ten days ago is not who I am mm. today. And so it's it is a constant shifting and learning and growing. And I think the biggest difference, because it is so easy to take shots and it's so easy to point out imperfections of other people. And it's so easy to say, mm-hmm. well, why am I getting, why am I getting held for accountable for this? But look at what they're doing or look at what they did. Mm. But the difference is that I know without a doubt that each and every person that steps on our stage Although all of us, myself included, mm-hmm. John included, mm-hmm. you included, Absolutely. the list goes on, mm-hmm. c- 
couldn't be more imperfect people. Yeah. The difference is, I know without a sh- without a doubt, the people that we step on stage with are doing everything they can. They they are they want to be better. They want to grow closer to mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. Because we're not all there. Yeah. We're not all perfect. Like we've not just because we're on stage doesn't mean we're perfect. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we've reached the pinnacle mm-hmm. of Christian life. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that, one, we're willing to step into the leadership that God's asked us to. We're willing to take on the accountability that comes with it. And three, that means that, by golly, every day we better be trying to get closer and better to Jesus every day. And I know that those people are willing to. doesn't mean that they've not walked some really hard things. doesn't yeah. mean that they've not stepped into some pretty deep stuff. doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they've... Uh, walked life with no hiccups, no mm-hmm. no no issues. It doesn't mean that, mm-hmm. but it does mean that we're all trying to grow closer to Jesus, and we're all trying to live the next day better than we lived the last day. And I think that that is we we can we write ourselves off so often. Of, well, I've done this, I've done that. I live this way, I do that. Sure, fine recognize it mm-hmm. like recognize just like last night at first thursday we talked about remember repent redo like what did it look like when you first came to jesus then go back to that like what are those things what are those things that you like when you were the most on fire for god what were those things what what inspired the first love there what made you make the decision you were probably pretty eager to be in prayer you were probably pretty eager to worship, to be in church, to be serving, to be in small groups, to surround yourself with Christian community, to, you know, all these things that help us live a Christian life. Mm. But we just slowly let life, we let the world, we let Satan chip those things away. And the next thing you know, five, ten years later, here we are, we're going through the motions, we're, uh, we've let some old sins creep back in, we've made some decisions that... We knew we were, um, you know, we, we knew we were settling or we knew that we were uh, giving in to some temptation. And then next thing you know, here we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not God's best for us. That's not what he wants for us. He calls us to more. But just because we find ourselves there doesn't mean that, oh, that was our one shot and I screwed it up. Mm. No, we repent we turn a different direction. Repent is not just, I'm sorry. It's part of it, but it's then let's go in a new direction because that's part of, I think the grace thing you're talking about. We like mm-hmm. to, we take advantage of that a little bit. We, I mean, I know I sure have, mm-hmm. I've taken advantage of God's mercy and grace. And by thinking that, well, he'll forgive me. He'll forgive me for that. Or I know he's already forgiven me for that, you know, but no it is repent means yes, I'm sorry, but, I'm, I want to go in a different direction. I'm not turning a 360. I want 180. Mm-hmm. I want to go in a totally different direction. And then we redo. And then we pick up from that moment and we redo those things that led us to Christ the very first time. That's what we start redoing. We get in our Bibles. We get in our Word. If you have trouble with that, then find a way that you can, if that's an audio version, if that's being in a Bible study with a couple other friends, 
That's somebody that's older than you that maybe can explain things that seem confusing. Whatever it is, figure it out and do it because that's what we need. That's what we're called to. That's what feeds us. And I was, as we were, as you were talking from the very beginning, it made me think of Ephesians 4, um, which is entitled Unity and Maturity in the Body of Christ. So this is Paul, Paul writing a letter to Ephesus. I mean, Talk about a 180. Yeah. You know, like uh, Paul, and I was just thinking like somebody, uh, Paul was, uh, when we talk a lot about Paul, we like Paul. Obviously, Paul is a pretty key figure in the New Testament, so it's easy to talk about Paul often. But like, I was just thinking like somebody like Paul and your brother, like those, what similar stories? Like Mm. Paul had so much gifting for understanding the Old Testament for teaching, for learning, for leading. Like he was so gifted in those areas, but he wasn't using them to further God's kingdom. He wasn't using them for Jesus at the start. And God smacks him around a little bit. And next thing you know, Paul is one of the most influential New Testament figures that we learn from and lead from. And it wasn't that God gave him different giftings. It's just that he started using those giftings to now preach about the name of Jesus instead. And so it wasn't, you know, like his his Damascus Road encounter, it wasn't like all of a sudden now Paul knows how to teach and all of a sudden now Paul understands scripture and all of a sudden now Paul is a super passionate guy. No, it's just that God said, hey, get your passions in line, get your talents in line, get your get what I've already given you in line with what you should be using it for. And then now we see this, but he talks about unity and maturity in the body in Christ. But in this, and I'll let you, I'm not going to read all of Ephesians 4, um, but you should go read it. Because in there, he won, he talks about the unity that we're all built around. So whether we're on stage, whether we are sitting in a pew, or whether we're trying to figure it all out in a new and upcoming country music career, we're all under one body one spirit, all of that under one hope that we were called to, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over it all. It's all under the one thing. And then he goes on because he does talk about that there is a responsibility. Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to do what? To equip his people to do the works of service so that the body can be, he equips these people. We're not all called to be that. We're not all called to be pastors, prophets, teachers, we're, you know. But he equips us because we are all called to do the work. That's where it doesn't, we don't, you don't have to have a pastor title to do the work. And so it, to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and that we can all reach the unity in the faith. We go back to the ones all reach that and become mature. I think that's a big word, becoming mature and then attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, actually living God's best for our lives, like actually living what is called in there to be. And then he goes on, I mean, later in the chapters, Christian living, which is, you know, basically kind of what we were talking about. It doesn't, like, you don't have to be a pastor to not live as the Gentiles do is what he's saying. To not live as the world does. Like, it's not only the pastors that got to follow the Bible. 
Like it's not only a volunteer worship team leader that's got to follow the Bible. It's you, sure, those people do, but it's you sitting in the pew too. Like we're called to the same thing. And whether I'm on stage or whether I'm sitting in the pew, sin, sin. Mm-hmm. Not Christian living is not Christian living. Mm-hmm. It's just one, again, one is visible to others, and two is, well, if I don't go up there on that stage, then nobody's going to call me out for it mm. because I'm just like everybody else sitting in the pew, and we've accepted that standard. Mm. And that's sad, really, mm. because that's not that's not what Jesus like Jesus didn't call his I mean he did call his apostles disciples following him. Sure, they had different responsibility, but when Jesus taught, they sat under the same teaching. Like it wasn't like he was teaching them something. He said, "All right, now let's go tell the 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 normal people what they need to do." Mm-hmm. No, they sat right there the whole time. They all learned the same thing. Yeah. They were all called to the same thing. They were all held to the same thing. And so, I don't know. No, I don't I, know where I've gone with it. No, either, it's, I, I think it's a beautiful transition into the second part of that conversation that we started with. Um, with Then the conversation I had with Noah. Talking about <clears throat> ministry in, I love when people say, like, the sacred and the sec that they say sacred and secular worlds. Um, because there's this divide that we've placed or that you can see we've placed, you know, with people who work in full-time ministry and people who work in like the secular world and going along with the concept of being under the same um, expectation, the same standards, the same teaching, all the things. It's like, and he says, go, so now go out in all the world. And, and so, I mean, there are definitely different giftings that we have or different passions that we have um, or whatever that it make it, you know, just like we can do our best in the roles God has called us to in different situations, circumstances, the different groups of people and, and, and all in spaces. So sometimes, yeah, like, well, and I feel like I've had a beautiful perspective of both. Like my, I, I have always been a volunteer in church, you know what I'm saying? But like, I've always been ministry minded. And, and I don't think that has anything to do with because I wanted to ever work in full-time ministry because I didn't, it was never a goal I had. It was just like, what, what do I do with my life? Like loving the Lord you know what I mean? And, and the call is to go and tell, you know? So it's like, even as a young person, I was working at camp or I was involved in church or I was plugging in and pouring into high school students. And, um, and then when I was, you know, even a, an older, younger adult <laughs> and I was teaching and, and, in in the world of education, part of the reason why I loved it so much was because it, you had an opportunity every day to be, um, for ministry, 
you know, for, for, for the go and tell part of the call that we all have when we said yes to Jesus. And it was teachers that I work with. It was the students in my classroom. It was the parents I came into contact with. It was as I was coaching volleyball and like to do all of those things also still. So what I felt like new in my faith, like I had been a Christian since high school, but like the maturity wasn't there. And I remember there are seasons of my life leading high school students and coaching and teaching that I thought like, still ministry minded. I had the heart to share, but I didn't have, um, maybe just the awareness of, or the accountability or the mature, I did for sure did not have the maturity to like that I do now when it comes to just like every word, every thought, every desire, like, like it's just, we all have to grow. And so I mean like, oh my gosh, I failed miserably as a role model and as an example and as a vessel and carrier of the gospel when I was teaching and coaching. When I say miserably, I mean miserably failed at that. Um, and and I have so far working in ministry too sometimes. Like it's just part of, of being human. So we can't let that like halt us or stop us, but we have glory to glory. Like we have to be just constantly refined and renewed and matured and letting him do a work in us to to take us from one season to the next. But like I even as a teacher, I remember um, f- feeling like the the kind of the call to start what was called teacher talk ministry, and without a desire to like keep it going for years and years, but just to start it. Like I know that that's a gift that he has is just to like birth ideas. I've seen that come into play even with Mod Threads. You know what I mean? Like it's just a, it's. I know that he's given me a gift to do that. Um, and so like, I just said yes to the vision he gave. And so I just started it and just trusted the Lord with it. But it's just like, even all of that to just say though, like, ah, he used a gift that he gave me that I'm now using literally in my full-time ministry job, but I was able to use it in, in the secular space when I was a teacher and then like a small business owner too. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I, 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 that that's the, the call and, and the gifts that he gives and the heart for people that he gives and, and, and the, the, when he tells us to go and make disciples, that's the same, no matter if you get your paycheck from a church or you get your paycheck from, um, a corporation, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So that's just another layer that I think we need to shift our perspective on, um, to, to be the hands and feet, no matter where we are. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not, it's not that different. And we think they're both very different. Yeah. I, I know well, I'm not doing the best job explaining that. No, but. I think verse 20 in Ephesians chapter four, that however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, 24, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new self, whether you're a pastor or not. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a teacher, put on your new self and be created to be like God in true righteousness. If you're a police officer, put on your new self. You're a lawyer, put it on. Doctor, put it on. Like, yeah, we we have to we have to call ourselves to more. Like, we need to. We all should have a higher standard of what we're called to live as. Hmm. And I think that there's, and I think there's a little bit of like, 
and I, how do I say this? Like, as a public figure, as a pastor, like, absolutely, we should, you know, there is accountability and there's things that we should hold to. But it's like, I think as a world, and look, there are so many unfortunate examples of pastors all over the world that have done, are doing, really just, I mean, it's sin. It's, mm. you know, bad stuff. And they should absolutely be held accountable to it. But I think at some point, too, like, there's like a weird line that we have to walk of, yes, as a pastor, you take on that title. But at the same time, it's like we put we put these pastors on such a pedestal. And it's like, man, imagine if we and, and they're going to fail you like I will fail somebody. I already have. Like, I will fail people because I cannot be perfect. I cannot live up to that. The expectations that people have of me, I will not live up to because I can't because I'm not perfect. And you weren't called to. I try my very best to do the very best that I can. But, like, I am human. Mm -hmm. I will let you down. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I live every day to the very best of my ability to not do that. But at some point, Again, because I know I already have, I will let people down. But, like, Jesus won't. Like, put your faith in him, Mm -hmm. not me, Mm -hmm. not John, not whatever pastor you like to listen to on the Internet. Mm -hmm. Put your faith in Jesus and follow them, and the rest is going to line itself out. But Because I I think some of these, like, we hold... I hate it when I hear a pastor has, you know, whatever the the classic moral failure term or whatever. Like I hate it one because it's just what it does, it, the the ammunition, the fuel that it gives people that want to tear down the church and Christianity pastors. Like I hate it one for that. But two, like I just think like gosh. Like you almost feel you you feel what that person probably feels mm. because you're like they are being forced to carry a weight that they were never meant to carry. Like, Jesus carried that weight for us. And you feel for them, in a way, because you're like, man, now, like, I don't know. I We just, we put so much pressure and so much on these these people. And then it's like, secretly the whole time, it's almost like we're root, not rooting, but it, it's like... You're just waiting. You're waiting. Because yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. And then it's like, well, see, told you so. Mm-hmm. If they can't live that way, I can't live that way. Mm-hmm. They were a pastor. And the Lord and hasn't even asked us to live that way. Yeah, and like, it's, and uh, it, but then it's like, then there's man. the out. There's yeah, the excuse. There's the excuse. And, now it's, and now it's okay for <sighs> me. And now it's okay for mm-hmm. me to do the things I was doing. Because look, even the mm-hmm. guy that was mega church pastor, mm-hmm. whatever, he can't live that way. The or enemy small church is pastor. just yeah. so sneaky. Yeah. He's so sneaky like that. And he's so conniving and yucky. And, and you're exactly right. He just gives us an out, and it's a perspective thing for sure. Um, oh, you're so right about all that. I And, and it's so true, though. Like, I, I'm so glad you pointed out. It's just like there's nothing, um, there's nothing about my life or who I am that has earned me or has sustained the role that I have right now in the church. And 
it is it is only because I think the Lord trusts me to I could cry. I think for whatever reason the Lord trusts me to do it. And that didn't come from that that came from my walk with him that was not always pretty. It came from very dark seasons. It came from trauma. It came from a hunger. It came from just, I know what brokenness feels like. It, and it's like, I've never, but I've always been hungry. And I've tried to always been um, childlike with my posture. And I've I've just always believed his word to be what it is. And I think he, because of that, I think he trusts me for whatever reason with this role to, to be childlike, to be humble, to be relatable, to be honest, to be vulnerable, because it's how I've only ever been with him. And so it's like almost in a way I, I believe that because it's how I've only, only ever been with him <laughs> and it's still how I am with him. And it's who I plan to always be with him. He trusts me enough to just lead people from that posture. It has nothing to do with with being who I am, perfect or knowledgeable or whatever, because I'm not either one of those things. But it's just the fact that I remain hungry and I try to be humble, <laughs> you know. And and the Lord can do a lot with our humility and our hunger. And when you, who's listening can be in a humble place and and be in a hungry place, just desperate for the Lord to work and move and for you to just want to serve him and love him. That's all it takes for him to put you wherever it is he needs you to be because you'll also be then a trustworthy vessel that he can trust more and more and more and more and more with. You won't sustain that position that he gives you, especially if it elevates you know it's going to it's going to only increase like how much time you spend with your face on the ground and no matter what your job is and no matter what your role is as a Christian and a vessel and an image bearer our calls are all the same and it's all it's all the one call like you were reading about in Ephesians chapter 4 and I I I I just think that's really going if this if we can catch hold of this and really let it shape our drive and the way of living and 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 when we can when we can think about it as okay if right now the lord put me on that stage or put me on a platform or put me in front of an audience what they would see would please and honor the lord and like and and I think like that's like the level of accountability we should always operate with of whether you're honest like even if you're in a hidden place where it feels like nobody knows you or sees you or knows what you're doing or whatever if the lord plucked you from that spot and put you right vulnerably smack dab in the middle to be displayed for the whole world to see what would the world find your heart and love to G, you know about Jesus to be what what would they see your life to look like would it honor the lord and if you if you can't say that it would then i believe there's some conviction and um not condemnation conviction that comes in our spirit that the lord then wants to deal with us in
or deal, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he wants to deal with us in that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said too of, because I know that there are people that want, they want more and they are hungry for more and they want more leadership. They want more position. And that is, I think that that's great. I think you have to look of how are you, how are you leading where you're at now? Yeah. While nobody is watching. Can maybe. the Lord trust you with yeah. it now? Because. With where you are. I can promise you when people start watching, hmm. you only have the foundation of what you can build off of what your faith was like when they weren't watching. Yeah. Because when people do start watching, that's only going to magnify the foundation that was built when nobody was watching. And if right now you want more, you want position, you want platform, you want leadership, but you don't have a foundation to that, you might be able to get it. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get it, mm-hmm. but where you're coming from, it, it won't it's, sustain. It's not going to be yeah. a healthy place to lead from. Right. And so I would challenge you now to. Because that's something, um, I mean, that for sure is something that I think about often of, you know, like, you know, like right now in our church, we're, you know, right now we're in a series where we're fasting, we're praying, we're uh, singing about wanting more, needing more, desiring more, um, you know, and it's like, I, I often think like, am I stewarding what I've already been given well enough for him to even think that he could trust me with more am i doing the little things to steward what i have so that i can be in a place that when it's time for him to give me more not only can i take it but then i can lead it well i can steward it well and i think that is something we all have to we all have to think about we all have to reflect on we all have to um, cause how you lead now, I mean, it's scriptural. It, w- w- what you do with little will determine if, when, and how you will, what you will do with more. And, and so, um, for those that are maybe listening to this, feeling like you want more, you desire more, you want those things, then I would encourage you to, um, take advantage of the time you have right now where you're not under a microscope. You're, you're, nobody is watching but the Lord and think about how am I how am I leading now with very very little you know I've been doing the discipleship on the edge is the revelation book I read a while back I know I've talked about it on this podcast before we're actually doing a we're piloting like a small group study with it um, right now um, but towards the end of that book and it was you know we all I think we get heaven you know, we all think oh, we're just going to be forced to sit on clouds, sing all day, whatever, you know, like, but, you know, like, there will be position and work and things to lead in heaven. And, you know, like he says in the book, like, you know, there will be for some of us, there's going to, there will be cities to lead. And he says, like, if you were given, you know, wherever, whatever city you live in right now, you know, if, if we were given the keys to lead Mount Vernon. How would you do? What would you do? 
Are you ready? Are you prepared right now to be given the keys to a city? And, and God says, this is, this is under your leadership. How would that city go? How would, it, how would you lead it? How would you steward it? Would it thrive? Would it succeed? Or would it be an absolute mess? And if we can't, you know, if we can't prepare ourselves here to do that, put ourselves in a position where you can trust us to there, then like, I know I like I want to do a lot in heaven. Mm-hmm. I want to be put in charge of a lot in heaven. Mm-hmm. Not because I want the position, but because I, I want God to trust me to lead it well. Mm-hmm. And I want to do the things here that provide the trust there. Because that's what I'm going to do for eternity. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very short period of time. Yeah. This is a flash in the pan. Yeah. Like, I want God to trust me for eternity to lead how he would want me to lead. And so that means whether I'm on stage, off stage, whatever, how I live my life matters. So. Not the word. Call yourself to more. <laughs> Praise God. Higher standards for all of us. Mm. It's good, boss. It's pretty solid. That was fun. That was great. Good stuff. So good topic, good. Brooke. Thanks. Thank you, good. Jesus. Good. <laughs> Appreciate you all listening. As Brooke has said many times in that, and I will reiterate it, like we would love to hear your thoughts on that. Like what, as um, you hear us talk about that, what comes to your mind? What thoughts do you have? What uh, questions maybe do you have? Uh, we would love to hear those. You can join in that conversation. Eric at centralnow.com, E-R-I-C, Eric at centralnow.com, or Brooke at centralnow.com, B-R-O-O-K-E, Brooke at centralnow.com. We would love for you to join in this conversation. Again, uh, you can always share this podcast. If you want to have this conversation with some other people, give this podcast a share wherever you listen to it. Leave us a rating, review. We always appreciate those. That gets the podcast seen and heard by more people. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate you all. We love you all. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And we'll see you right here next time on The Praise Podcast. Let's be people in every day and every way that bring the praise. We will see you next time.